Hello. Hey guys. Hello again. How are you? To all my friends. Welcome back. Welcome uh, if you're new. Yes, welcome if you're new. Welcome back if you're not new. Jocelyn, I have to admit, I have been telling people to listen to these in the order of which they would like to hear them. Yeah, I've actually uh, kind of told people to start with episode four. <laughs> that's it! I literally <laughs> told... So, that's funny. That was... That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I like that we didn't talk about this at all, but that's the episode that we picked for people to start listening to. I think that's where the audio quality was really just... Was that, yeah, that was my main thing, is I did yeah. not want people to get annoyed with, like, the right. hiss yeah. um, in the episodes. We were just figuring ourselves out. We were. Stretching our wings. We're just learning things. We could always... Uh, Baby birds. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> is it me you're looking for? It's me singing to you from the future. <laughs> I mean, from the past. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Oh, that could actually be like three different songs. Hello. Yeah. It, I fully mean Adele. Yeah. But it could also be um, that one. I just came to say hello. That, that one. one too. Uh, there's an Evanescence song. Oh. <laughs> yes. You know, from, from uh, middle school? I think it's Everlasting. Probably. Um, oh my God. Evanescence <laughs> was like... My first concert. I think I've talked about this. Oh my god. I never got to see Evanescence live. Dude, I went because, okay, I went literally on the day of my birthday and Ooh. found out at the concert that Amy Lee and I have the same fucking birthday. Oh shit. She was like taking shots and then she, she did the whole thing. She was like, she was like, is it anyone else's birthday? And my little 13 year old ass was like, it's my birthday. Like <laughs> screaming and... Yeah, nothing happened from that. We were too far away from her to for her to see. But I was just like, That's... everyone around me was like, oh, God, okay, happy birthday, little one. And like, you <laughs> know, amazing. my best friend's mom was just sitting there like, ew, this is embarrassing. <laughs> like, Shut up, best friend's mom. They're drunk on life. <laughs> we don't like that. <laughs> I mean, that was all of my, my favorite birthdays, like as a child, happened at the Wakefield home. Yeah. Thank you guys for raising me semi- Semi-raising me. Shout out to the Wakefields. Shout out to the Wakefield Burkharts. <laughs> they hyphenate their name. It's pretty cool. It's a very long name. It is a long name. Both of them have like nine or ten words. Letters. Letters. <laughs> Word letters. Like four syllables each. We speak English. Uh, partially. <laughs> Anyways, this anyway. is I Minored in Art History. This is I Minored in Art History. I forgot we didn't introduce it yet. Uh, I'm Jocelyn. I minored in Art History. I'm Nisa, and I didn't minor in Art History. And that's okay. <laughs> I love how it, that's always a sad reveal. <laughs> that's like, oh, she didn't minor in Art History. I mean, you always sound a little bummed about it, so... Uh... Uh, me and school don't get along so like yeah. as bummed as I am that like I'm just bummed at myself that I'm not smart enough to complete an education <laughs> without panicking <laughs> I mean listen having a major not the easy task uh, it seems when you also have a minor so <laughs> having just the major hard enough adding a minor not really not really a good time for a lot of people well, yeah. Myself included. That was the main reason I could never do it, is because yeah. I could barely handle my shit when I, I was completing my program I, as it was. The only reason that I had it 
basically was because I took all these art history classes during the summer. Oh, yeah, you accidented it into it. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I was just like, oh, I need more art classes to fulfill these gen ed requirements. And then you're like, wait a minute. I have so many credits. I actually, the advisor at my school told me, she was like, oh, you can just pick up your art history minor. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> and she was like, ma'am, come again? <laughs> she was like, yeah, you just need this class and this class, and then you're pretty much done with it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I went to talk to somebody else at advising, and they were like, oh, you don't want to pick up a minor this late in school. And I was just like, bitch. No, I just need to declare it. <laughs> like... But also, like, don't tell me how to live my life. Yeah. They were like, like, I'm not picking up accounting or something. Like, I'm already taking all these classes. Anyway. Like, do you see this face? This is the face of an art student, ma'am. Yeah. Or like, sir. It was ma'am. 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 Look at me. Do I look like... Bitch, do I look like... <laughs> Anyways. um, I just wanted to... Before we start the stories. Yes. Uh, I want to give a shout out uh, to Aaron Gray. Um, so I gave up one of my precious artifacts this week. Did you? I don't know if I ever told you about this, but I had a book that was over 100 years old. From no. my cousin Dennis. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this was this happened a while ago. So this was all the way back to when I was living in Rhode Island, um, living in Providence. And mm. my cousin Dennis owns Providence Tattoo. Shout out Dennis and Providence Tattoo. Wow. And he's extremely talented. Um, And so, like, being the little baby artist that I was, I reached out to him, like, when I was living there. And my family and I have always had, like, a weird relationship where, like, we don't really see each other that often. We're not super close. But, like, when we do see each other, we're totally fine and, like, we're chill. And that's kind of my relationship with Dennis. It's like, I respect him. He respects me. Like, he is about 20 years older than me. So it's like... Yeah, so you're not really even cousins at that point, almost. Yeah, he's like a fun uncle. That's yeah. like a young uncle of mine. He's a funkle. He's a funkle. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's been doing his thing and killing it. So I like reached out to him, and at the time, my ex boyfriend Aaron was mm-hmm. uh with me, and we like went to this old bookstore mm-hmm. and like walked around, had a really good time, and talked to him about art, and we went back to his studio slash apartment. And he was working on some really cool pieces, but he pulled out of his cabinet this really old book. And both me and Aaron were like, because it was a book of Charles Dana Gibson illustrations published in 1901. Boom. Like original print 1901. That's old as shit. Yeah. Copyright 1899. That's crazy. So we were flipping through it and it was these gorgeous, like full print illustrations, Mm -hmm. very crispy um, stuff that you probably won't see a full collection like this, like ever again of like Charles Dana Gibson, just because of how old it was. Yeah. And it was published in the height of his popularity. Yeah. So um, that was an illustrator I actually learned about in school. And we did, we did master copies of his, we did. Yeah. Before my cousin even like showed me this book, this was happened in uh, 2015. So it was like, or 2016. Right. So, yeah, um, I had that book basically, so me and Aaron broke up, obviously. Right, yeah. Um, and it, there, I, I didn't remember that there was, like, a conversation, about, but there was a conversation, I guess, around it. And I was like, my book, my cousin, my book. Like, and I was very, like, <laughs> yes, I'm going to take it. It's yes, mine. Yes. And there was a couple other books that we got that day. One was a Mooka book, um, which mm. I actually liked nice. more. 
And the other was like it's not uh, as historical. Yeah, like I, I actually like Mooka more than like Charleston and Gibson, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah. So we had like a little bit of a tussle about it. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, who gets the house, who gets the, the boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I got the house, I would say, in the deal. <laughs> so I walked away with this book. Well, of course, um, me being the hot mess that I am, I was traversing around to so many different places. I think like right. since I left that apartment uh with him i moved into probably four or five five at least five different i was gonna say you've been in three since i've known you so at least five different apartments yeah which is a lot mm-hmm. and that book has been through a lot yeah it's gotten so old that i was panicking every time i would see it I just think about how humid my apartment is and how awful yeah. it's that book is Ugh, like going Florida weather yikes rip. I know it's not it's there's no dry at all. So yeah. that book was unfortunately um not in the best place that it could have been and mm-hmm. I re- I like kicked myself cuz I was like fuck Aaron is so responsible like he would have treated this book <laughs> way better than I did. Um and it kind of like was giving me gray hairs. So over the summer when I was with Jenny, we would do like a little field trip. Mm-hmm. This is a whole backstory anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole history of this book. I so, I went to Ringling, my alma mater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Called them up beforehand and I was like, "Hey, you guys want this like fun book I've got?" And they like were like, "Yeah, bring it by. It's totally fine." And I, do, I think they thought I was a student. So when I got there, they were like, you can't come in. Yeah. Like, we're not allowing anybody on campus who's, like, yeah. not, like, from here. Like, not right. at school. I was like, yeah. shit. I didn't think about that. Um, So the book remained in my hands. And I've been stressing about it ever since then. So then I was going through my old Instagram posts. And uh-huh. I was looking at I, – I saw the Mooka book pop up. And I was like, oh, my God. I kind of want that Mooka book. Mm-hmm. So I, like, reached out to Aaron. And I was like, hey, I know that – you might not remember this, but like, remember this Mooka book? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I still have that. It's in my apartment in LA. And he's currently staying at his parents' place in Nashville. So like, because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. he like, yeah, whatever. So um, I, I asked him, I was like, I think I asked him for it or whatever. Yeah. And he, we got to the subject of that book, this that yeah. Charles Andy gives it. And I was like, do you want it? Because I cannot take care of it. <laughs> like, I can't. I literally, it's stressing me the fuck out. Yeah. Um, long story short, he goes, yeah, fuck yeah. So I just shipped it um, on Saturday. Oh. And he just got it today. Oh. That was so, pretty quick, actually. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was FedEx. So yeah. it was expensive to ship. It was like 40 bucks, but whatever. Jesus. It was honestly, the book is worth thousands of dollars. I mean, yeah, true. Um, But the thing is, it's not going to be worth anything if it continues to deteriorate. Right, like it, yeah. it started to get holes in some of the pages. Oh, no. Just from humidity. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> So, uh, shout out Aaron. Thank you for taking the book off my hands. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for being a real G. Yeah. He said he can use it for his uh, sketching and stuff. little background on Aaron. He is uh, working for Hasbro at the moment, and he's a sick-ass illustrator. So, if you have the chance to check out his work, Aaron Gray Designs, I think, is his website. Yeah. So, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if he's posted his new portfolio, but I sh- it should be coming up soon. So, Ooh. I'm plugging him right, ofi- right now, officially yes. plugging him. Wow. Yeah. Unofficial plug. An official plug for Aaron Gray. All of our other plugs have been unofficial. Um, <laughs> wouldn't say that, because, like, what are we? We're a platform of 30 people. I think we're fine. Uh, <laughs> it's 
Speaking of, we had fan mail today. Fan mail. Fan mail. Mail time. <laughs> it feels so weird to think that we have fans. I don't know <laughs> like, why I want to sing like the backpack song from Dora. Uh, backpack, backpack. <laughs> I'm the backpack full of things. Thing, full of <laughs> something. Oh. Things and knickknacks too. God. Anything that you might need, I got inside for you. Anyway, uh, shout out to Kara, Kara, Basley. Sorry if I mispronounced your name. I've been to school with people named Kara and people named Kara. It's spelled it the same way. So, uh... I'm gonna call her iCarly. <laughs> no? Uh, anyway, really appreciate the nice messages and hello likes on the page. Um... Mentioned you in the story. She sent us uh, from both her art account and her personal, mm -hmm. uh, which we appreciate. She asked if we take requests, like, for artists to cover, and I said, yeah, because I am always struggling to decide who to talk about. This is true. <laughs> we really do. It, you would think it'd be so easy because there's so many people, but it's so hard to, like, find the people who you feel, like, in the mood for. Right, you exactly. Know? Yes. Um, but yeah, so, uh, she asked if we could talk about Norman Rockwell or perhaps Jesse Wilcox Smith at some point. Yeah. Norman Rockwell, I think is on the roster for like a big long episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He is, he's a big heavy hitter. Yeah. Jesse Wilcox Smith. I do enjoy Jesse Wilcox Smith. So that's yeah. something, um, we could write down for yeah. sure. So I, I did actually, I put that in the note. Uh, mm -hmm. that we have going here. Yeah. And, uh, it's requested. 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 Did we put in the request for Goya paintings, by the way? Um, we actually, uh, yes. Uh, Caitlin, my friend. Oh, that's right. She's doing Goya. Guest, uh, at some point. We're going to make get an addendum. Goya history of paintings. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're right. We should. Weird paintings. Weird, weird paintings. Well, cause yeah, that was, uh, Carolyn, I believe. Asked about, like, the the history behind weird paintings or some shit. Yeah. Overall, though, like, point is, um, anyone who is out there who would like us to talk about someone specific, um, we're very small right now, so we can field those requests, and we definitely will take them. So please help us. Yeah, like, for sure. Hit us up with... Um any suggestions? Um, We're like a small radio, you know, like a radio show, <laughs> you know, like a local town radio with like maybe, maybe 40 people listening maybe. at any given time. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we appreciate you guys listening. Yes. And uh, I think we're probably going to get started here with an artist if we're ready. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Should I go? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. I mean, I think it's no surprise who I'm doing. I'm doing Charles Dana Gibson. Charles Dana Gibson. We're going to talk about uh, the man behind the book I gave away. Yay! Yay! Very topical. I love it. He was born in 1867 on September 14th in Roxbury, Massachusetts. Um, at an early age, Gibson was interested in art, so his parents allowed him to attend the Arts Students League in New York City, where he stayed for two years. He had a slow start to his official career um he tried to sell pen and ink sketches to different papers and magazines by just walking around the streets of new york and peddling loose sketches to people who worked in the building oh that sounds draining 
Yeah, so he would wait for people to come outside, and then he would be like, "Hey, sir, like, can uh, I interest you in my sketches?" And they'd be like, "Get the fuck away from me!" Yeah, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So finally, he was able to actually sneak into the back door of Life Magazine. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I shit you not. Like he snuck into the the back door and like ran into um, one of the editors who finally gave him a chance in 1886. Nice. They said, "Hey, this kid's got moxie." Yeah. Like, I I mean, that's what you had to do, I guess. You didn't know anybody, and his parents couldn't uh, introduce him, so. Yeah. Uh, he was not an instant success, unfortunately. So he realized he would need to improve, and after saving some money to do, by doing small commissions um, after his limited success with Life Magazine, he went to Paris to learn some more art techniques. Hmm. So after a short stint in Paris, he started to improve greatly, and he soon came back to Life Magazine, who uh, was now very, very interested in him. Sure, now he's got experience. Yeah, I mean, I think when he first started out, he was just he was really, really passionate, um, but he wasn't very structured. And then he went to Paris and spent that time there learning, and they were like, "Oh, okay, so mm-hmm. now you now you seem a little bit more like you know what you're doing." Yeah, um, five years of experience. Yeah, like your, building a real portfolio. <laughs> That'll help you. Yeah. Funny enough. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine being professional. What a world. <laughs> um, so at uh, Life Magazine, um, Gibson would eventually work for them for about 30 years and then eventually become the chief editor and owner. Oh. So it started from the, the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. And life at the time was um, general interest articles, humor, and illustrations and cartoons. So there's a lot of growing room at life as well for, like, what he could do. Um, And that's basically what he did. He worked his way up. Nice. Beyond life, he also worked with Harper's Weekly, Scribner's, and Collier's magazines. Um, And Collier's in 1904, he signed a contract which made him the highest paid illustrator in America at the time. Yeah. And a lot of that success would come from when he met and married Irene Langhorn in ni- in 1895. And through his... So Irene had... She's part of a very like affluent family. Mm-hmm. And she had a few sisters. And they were like the beauties of the time. Like think like Skylar sisters. Like... But eight... Like, right. like turn of the century Skylar yeah. sisters. Super um, hot. Super hot, super wealthy, like the it girls on the scene. Like yeah. everybody wanted to be with them and marry them, mm-hmm. and like they're like, "Yo, mm-hmm. let me get some of that shmoney, also <laughs> that booty fine." So he met her, and she became his muse, along with her sisters. They posed for him as well, and he created what would be coined the Gibson Girl. Nice. So Irene um, herself was the daughter of wealthy railroad industrious Chris L. Langhorn. Um, and then she had, she was one of five sisters. One of Irene's sisters went on actually to become the first woman member of parliament in the British uh-huh. House of Commons, Viscountess Nancy Astor. Get it, Nancy. I know. I thought that was cool. I was like, whoa, that was like an early time period yeah. to be like the first woman of anything. Like You're women right. didn't have the right to vote in the United States. Like, yeah. and she's over there like, I'm going to be a member of parliament. Like the fuck? Get it, girl. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, so her social standing and her beauty propelled what would become the Gibson girl. Nice. Using Irene, um, some of his sisters already talked about that. Um, he began producing images of elegant women, all tall, slim, 
corseted waists dressed impeccably with huge masses of curls on their head. Mm. That was his type, I guess. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, Irene, that's such a small waist. So many curls. Come here, woman. I want to Our bend you. Our figure. <laughs> Literally, your organs look so smunched. <laughs> woman, that waist is impossibly small. Could fit two arms around you. Oh god! Ooh, wrap you all up like Gumby. <laughs> Gibson presented them as the ideal woman um, in various settings. So they were eating dinner at the beach, having tea downtown, at church, or arguing with their partners. Everything a woman should be. <laughs> Those are my favorite activities. Just hanging out, just being a thing arguing with my partners he would he would like face them back to back like so dramatic and she'd be like she'd be like like a little (laughs) hand over her mouth like like so disappointed but so classy at the same time she's like elegantly like fuck you yes Nisa's demonstrating all this by the way yeah i'm acting this out so (laughs) sorry that you can't be here you should be here but you're not so (laughs) anybody who's anybody would be here Mm. hi jocelyn hi nisa hey um Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> where was that? <laughs> so Gibson girls were featured everywhere, banners, pillowcases, silver spoons, and often they were used by women of the time for hairstyling tips and for fashion tips. Mm. So they actually looked to these illustrations that would come out in mm-hmm. the newspaper every day and they would mm-hmm. be like, oh my God, I need to get me a dress that looks like that. That yeah. looks fucking foin. Foin? Looks foin. I want that. Um, If we could r- reverse a little bit to pillowcases. Yeah, yeah. Is that like a precursor to like the the anime girl body pillows kind of? Oh, like waifus? Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know. That's just how I picture that. I think it was more like like a sofa pillow. Oh, okay. So like no. they were printed on fabric and then sewed onto a pillow. Okay. Never mind. You know like the cheeky like newsprint pillowcases that you see sometimes? No. Okay, well, sorry, it's been a while since I looked at pillows. You can print anything on a pillow. That's true. As you well know, Jocelyn, you can print anything on a pillow. You can print anything. No, like, you can print anything. You can print a vagina. You can print a dick. I love how your mind was like immediately, you could print sexual organs on pillows. That's all that's been on my mind lately is just... We're all sexy. Just... Just sex stuff. You know, I like it. I love it. I live for it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, sorry, Gibson. (laughs) Had a little moment. Sorry, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, let me. So, Gibson was extremely prolific and made hundreds of sketches and engravings. Although mostly he worked in pen and ink. His style was very fluid and messy, but with a unique softness around the face and the hands of his subjects. Mm. So, like, the parts of the body were, like, counted for, like, you to zoom in. He had a weird way of, like, if the emphasis had to be on the dress, he could make the dress really soft and make the face, like, sketchy. If the emphasis had to be on the face and was more, like, about being a narrative, then he would make the face really soft. That way you'd focus on that. Mm. Um, It was cool. That sounds nice. He definitely pushed what I would think would be the boundaries of, like, 
stylistically the boundaries of that time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, if you look at his stuff now, you wouldn't really look at it and go, like, oh, that's a drawing from, like, the early, like, eight, the early 1900s, right. you know? Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I wonder who drew that. Like, yeah, it looks very up-to-date. The only thing that's different about it is, like, obviously the clothes. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so Gibson kept extremely busy and was known as a socialite and a prominent figure in the art community. Mm. For a long time, he lived amongst the artistic elite in New Rochelle, New York. Oh, that seems to be a hot place. That was like the hub of Baloo. And we've talked about this multiple times. Like, yeah, that was yeah. the hot kicking place yeah. to, like, be an artist. We need to have a road trip. Yeah, we gotta go visit New Rochelle. Yeah. And there's several art museums over in that area, I know. Let's fucking go. I think the coolest thing, though, is if, like, they had... I know because, like, they do that for some old houses is, like, mm -hmm. they'll, like, keep it the same condition. That way you can go mm -hmm. in and see, like, mm -hmm. the studio mm -hmm. where somebody worked. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, anyway, that's for a refresher where J.C. Decker lived. Yes. Um, and I think a couple other people who we talked about yes. in the spot. A couple other people hung out there. Yeah. And we're probably going to talk about some more that hung out there. I'm sure there's plenty more. There's like so many people that hung out there, apparently. They all live in the same vicinity. They're kind of like <laughs> actors. They all live in fucking yeah. Calabasas. <laughs> um, well, and anyway, so he, he didn't live there all the time. So sometimes when the rat race became too much, he would head on over to his, his island. Oh, he had his own island? In Isleboro, Maine, of 700 anchors, where him and Irene would spend weeks, if not months. Wow. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, he owned an island. That sounds fabulous. That kind of just... gives you, a, I think, a sense of how much money, like, yeah. he was making. <laughs> Let me just buy an island. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally like he had fuck you money. And yeah. I think a lot of these illustrators, they just became super lucrative. Like, mm -hmm. in that time, there was no other source of, like, entertainment uh, media. Right. So what they're getting is either they go to the plays, they go to, yeah. you know... And, like, photographs were not printable, as far as I know, at that time period. If they were, they were very limited capacity. Like, right. photographs were yeah. very grainy. Yeah. So, what you got was you got illustrations. Yes. So, you know, that's your source of news. Yes. Photography was very expensive. Yeah. I know you talked about it, like, with daguerreotypes. Like, yes. That was a precursor. Yeah. So, this was, like, really the age of, like, the grand age yeah. of illustration where... Absolutely. You know, if you were an illustrator you were the person that people looked up to as, like, number one, a reporter, mm -hmm. like, a style, like, icon, you know, mm -hmm. anybody, like, telling you that this is how society should look and how you should be, yeah. they were revered and they got paid very well for it. Yeah. Um, anyway. Eventually, the style of the Gibson girl began to fade after World War One, and he moved on to work in oils, producing some of his only colored works that he ever made. Mm. And he did it for his own personal amusement, so he never really published those. He retired in 19... Uh, sorry. Yeah. 1936 from life after an extremely long and profitable career. At first, I thought you meant he retired from life as any, like, just fucking, like, I'm not living anymore. <laughs> he suicided. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, magazine. He yeeted out of, <laughs> yeah. out of the picture. Yeah. No Life magazine. <laughs> yeah. In 1944, he passed away at age 77 in his home in, in New York City from an, a heart ailment. Oh. Yeah. I'm assuming probably a heart attack. Probably. His legacy persisted through the many prints that were used for merchandising after his death. And fun fact, 
Many believe the Gibson cocktail was named after him, mm. since it was noted that he would often order a gin martini with a pickled onion instead of a traditional olive. What a freak. Uh, well, <laughs> anybody who just orders a fucking gin martini is a freak. I'll yeah, just be, that's what I'm saying. Just be 100% like, on that one. Oh, God, I don't care for gin. It no. tastes like Christmas trees. It tastes like Christmas trees? Yeah. I wouldn't have said that, but sure. That's how it tastes to me. Well, delicious Christmas trees, I'd say. <laughs> oh, no, I, I enjoy you. gin. I do. Oh, you can have mine. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I drink it in a mixed drink, so, like, oh, God forbid you drink gin straight, but oh, no. I never, I'll never be the one to order a gin martini. No, me neither. Only if I'm in the movies and they make me. <laughs> if you're in a film noir. Yeah, if I, if I walk in, honestly, if they dressed me in, like, one of those, like, sweetheart neckline, like, long fucking gowns oh, with, like, a God. long, like, yes. stick cigarette, yes. you know, and yeah. I was like, bartender, <laughs> give me the Gibson up. <laughs> That's that would be a moment I was um, I can't order anything else. Yeah, yeah. I can't true. order yeah. anything else. Yeah. But other than that, I don't I don't think that's really going to happen, so I think I'm safe for now. I think you're right. Anyway, thank you Charles Dana Gibson for being a fucking badass. Um I still remember doing master copies of your work when I was in Railing and uh it was like one of my best master copies I got to say. Yeah. It was a lot of fun too cuz you used crow quill. Oh, I don't know what that that is. Oh, uh, uh, it's like an ink pen, but it's oh. like, you know, like all those, it looks like a feather pen. Oh. Like it has that fu- like That's fancy tip. Quill. Okay. Yeah. But like, it's a, a crow quill is like a brand, I think, gotcha. of pen tip where you like do, it's an ink dip pen, basically. Okay. We would, okay. we would actually have to work in ink dip pen. Okay. Uh, my dad has some like pen nibs and shit. That I tried to figure out how to use, but never actually figured out how to use them. If you ever want to have fun with crow quills, we can, because I have some. That'd be cool. I have to get more ink, because my ink is all dried up. I have some ink. I don't know if it's the right kind of ink. It's India ink. No. That's not the right kind? No. Okay. Then we'll get some. Never mind. It's, like, really cheap. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The pen's not so much. Yeah, no. Anyways. Anyway. That's good. That's a good story. Yay. Yay. And Aaron, you better keep that fucking book in good condition, I swear to God. Yeah, I'll come Aaron. for your ass. Yeah, Aaron. You better keep it keep it good. In a shape. <laughs> yep. Um so Rawr. So I wanted to talk about this freaky little man named Pablo Picasso. Oh God, really? <laughs> you know I'm mad at him, right? <sighs> I mean, I assume you're mad at a lot of artists for... You know why I'm mad at him, right? Tell our listeners. Abstract art. (laughs) My least favorite. Also, I think his treatment of women was terrible. Oh, I... uh, Yes, I completely agree. He's a fucking disgusting little sexual deviant. Like, literally... Here's the tea on Picasso, okay? He thought that he was going to be more known for his disgusting, scatological, sexual poetry than for his art. What? Yeah. Okay, well, tell me about him, because I would love... (laughs) I've never actually delved into Picasso's life like that. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of like a little side note. Is that a fun fact? Because it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun, but it's a fact. Did not have fun with that fact. (laughs) 
That's my tea on Picasso. He has zero amount of fun. He's a disgusting little pervert. What a man. <laughs> he actually had, like, the longest name ever. Like, his his real name is just, it's it's ridiculously long. It's Is he actually Hispanic, his, though? His full name? Look at that. That's, oh, I can't see it from here. Wow. Pablo Diego Jose Francisco de Paula Juan Nepomenco Maria de los Remedios Soprano de la Santisima Trinidad Ruiz y Picasso. Yeah. There's, uh, it's a that's necessary. obnoxious. It's unnecessary. Yeah. That's not going to fit on your forms. No, it's not. You have to get your car registered? Good luck. <laughs> Good uh, fucking luck. Yeah. So his his parents were like, oh, we're going to talk. We're going to give this man a name full of saints and things. Like, get, get the fuck over yourself. He's not that important. Was it everybody in his family tree? No, actually. There were actually, like, some of them were saints. Because, you know, these Spanish people are Catholic. You never know. It could have been the recipe that he needed. <laughs> like, oh, this man is going to be completely fucked up because he's got too many angels on his shoulder. Giving him really <laughs> weird advice. But it will, he'll be famous. Yeah, so... Good old Picasso. Spanish, the other. Spanish painter, sculptor, printmaker, ceramicist, theater designer, who uh, apparently spent much of his adult life in France. So one uh, hobby for every name. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the other reason that we don't like Picasso is because he's a fucking Scorpio. And, you know, Scorpios <laughs> are just the worst. <laughs> I love horoscopes because, like, like what even is that? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Well, because personally, like, honestly, like, one of the kindest fucking kids I ever met. Really? <laughs> we're hanging out. I was like, I was like, when's your birthday? He's like, November 13th. And then he, like, looks at me really weird. And I was like, I was like, cool. Like, you're, like, a month older than me. It's pretty sick. And he was like, you don't think that's, that's bad? And I was like, why would I care? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. And he was like... Oh, I thought you were one of those girls. And then I, it struck me like two months after that, that he was talking about the fact that he was a fucking Scorpio and he thought I was going to judge the shit out of him. Listen, I have known a number of Scorpios, including my ex and his twin brother and also my friend Brad. And Scorpios are the worst. I agree that your ex was the worst. I draw the line at everybody else because I don't know them. <laughs> I mean, Brad's, Brad's good people, but... See, there you go. You just <laughs> But he's still a fucking Scorpio. You demolished your own thing. He's a November Scorpio though. He's not an October Scorpio. There's a difference. Uh oh well I would say October is Scorpio real rare, right? No. It's like October twenty second. I don't I don't know. October yeah, because you know why I know that? Because Nick's birthday is October thirteenth and he's a Libra. Or seventeenth. Uh Steven's birthday is October twenty second. Since he's right on the cusp. Mm, he's a cusper. He's a cusper. He's a Libra, but is he? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Anyway, uh, this man was born October 25th, 1881 in Ugh. España. And he died April 8th, 1973 in France. And it's always like, you sent me that meme the other day about thinking that Picasso was like old as shit. <laughs> And it's true. We always think about Picasso as being like from from a long last time ago, and it's really only like fifty years ago. 
I know, and it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? It's like, <laughs> it doesn't. How did this man, like, in 50 years end up in all of our textbooks? Time is an illusion. I mean, I just don't think he contributed that much. I don't, I mean, apparently other people did. Because he was in Cubism, he was in Surrealism, he was in Expressionism, Post-Impressionism, Neoclassicism, like, I got a dot 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 here because I ran out of the patience to write it down. <laughs> so how did he... Okay, David, you have this history. I mean, go ahead, go ahead, ask. I just want to know when along his journey someone picked him up out of obscurity and was like, you, you're going to be good now. Oh, you're going to be great. I, I have an answer to that, actually. It was when he was 13. He was only 13? Yep. Oh, fuck. Yep. No wonder he's a screwball. <laughs> yeah. Um, his dad was actually a painter. And uh, he was actually a fairly uh, respected painter. And so he was like, oh, Pablo, come paint with me. <laughs> Not really, but... Kind but of. his dad, like, knew how to paint. Yeah, yeah. He was a painter and a professor of art. Uh, I guess uh, Picasso was actually very good at drawing when he was a kid. And his mother said that at one time his first words were to ask for a pencil. Of course. Which sounds fake, but okay. Well, that could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> he could be like, I'm a thaba, I'm a thaba. And they're yeah. like, oh my god, he said he wanted a pencil? He said a pencil, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> so his dad started training him when he was seven, like formally. And um, so he was having Pablo copy masterworks, drawing human form from live figure models and plaster casts. And then and when he was ten, they moved somewhere else. And the School of Fine Arts hired his dad to be a professor there. And apparently, after f they were there for like four years, and apparently his dad felt that his son surpassed him as an artist at the age of 13 and reportedly vowed to give up painting. Seems like a stupid idea. <laughs> no, he was so upset that his son was better at painting than him that he was like, I'm fucking done. See, no, now that, like, okay, that makes a lot more sense as to why Picasso's, like, <laughs> such a fucking yes. piece of shit. Because his mom's over here being an enabler. Yeah. And his dad's just a narcissistic psychopath, it sounds like. Yes. For him to be like, oh my god, my 13-year-old son, he's already surpassed me, I can't continue. Yeah, basically. So, um... Yeah, uh, this guy apparently married two different women. Like, at one point he was married to this chick named Olga, and then he was married to this chick named Jacqueline. At the same time? No, at two different times, but pretty close together. <laughs> um, they, I, honestly, they they probably bit off more than they could chew with him, because he was just so busy being full of himself, you know. Um, he apparently is considered to be one of the most important figures of the 20th century in terms of art and art movements, because before the age of 50, he'd become one of the most well-known names in modern art. And Yeah, and I hate him. <laughs> so, like, before he even died, he was famed. 
Which is why he felt entitled to act like such a piece of shit. Right, yeah. Well, he, he was like, I've made more than 20,000 paintings, drawings, sculptures, and ceramics, as well as costumes and theater sets. I am amazing. And, uh, you know, people were like, oh my god, he's so innovative. Like, uh, apparently he co-founded the Cubist movement with George Brock. And Cubism was, for those of you who don't know, an avant-garde art movement which apparently changed the face of European painting and sculpture. Um, Highly fucking doubt it. <laughs> I think it had a lot to do with, like, there's, um, I was going through this book that I got from uh, Old Man Nick, a customer. I, I don't remember if you were there when he started coming around, but he always smelled bad. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. Don't know if he died from corona. Haven't checked in on him. But anyway, he... He gave me some books, and this was one of the books that he gave me. Mm. So I was going through there and looking at some stuff. And there was actually a little diagram in there, which I'll take a picture of and post to the gram. Um, but it kind of explains, like, how cubism is the overlapping of things, but they're, like, broken up and split apart. And I was like, oh. It's giving people way too much credit for drawing blocks. <laughs> it's not about the blocks. No, I know what it is. It's supposed to be like a mathematical concept as well as like a, I, it's like it's a it, yeah. it's it's like a 3D like conceptual concept but yeah, kind of. But you're trying to do it in a 2D form. It's just I mean, it's very you, it's very much an abstract thing, which is why you don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it because like when I look at a fucking painting, right? And I see that, oh man, it's a bunch of blocks. <laughs> like that intersect each other, sure. But like like Picasso would I remember this from school, so I'm not paraphrasing That's it like fine. crap, yeah, but yeah. basically he would draw like a really fucked up blocky version of a space. Mm -hmm. And then he would, he would tell everyone who looked at it, this is a three dimensional space. But when you look at it, there's no shading. There's no anything to mm -hmm. really indicate that the, the space is 3D. Yeah. So he would be like, oh man, look, like if you stare at it, you're in a 3D space inside the painting. And everyone would be like, I am inside a 3D space in the painting. <laughs> be like, yeah, you see it, don't you? Only the true believers see it. Like, oh, he's a cult leader. <laughs> I mean, like, he, he, that's like the kind of vibe I get. And then everyone would be convinced of it. And then, like, you know, you actually look at it now. It's like, this is a really shitty fucking painting. <laughs> like, he literally just scribbled fucking, not even super straight, honestly. It didn't look like he traced, he, like, no, used a little edge. No, it supposed to be. And, like, I'm sorry, but you're not convincing me of anything. If there's no shading, I, it's not 3D. I get the fuck out of here, you lazy son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm just mad. Uh, well, yeah, I guess that's why, uh, that's why I'm talking about this as my person and you're not. <laughs> yeah, you can have him. <laughs> can keep it. Apparently, cubism inspired the styles of futurism, Dada, and constructivist movements. Which, I mean, you definitely see that in futurism. I don't know so much about that, uh, but futurism, there's definitely some weird, like, angular shit going on. Um, he's also credited with some shit to do with plastic arts, which I was very confused about. Um, oh, here's I have my little sketch here of his portrait of Aunt Peppa. Which he painted at 14 and was considered to be one of the best portraits in Spanish history, which I don't agree with. 
I love how people fucking glorify people. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. No, it's just like, it's not that, it's not all that in a bag of chips. Like, but. calm the fuck down, <laughs> my God. Like, yeah. Uh, his sister died when she was seven from diphtheria in 1895. So then his family moved to Barcelona. I think diphtheria is just like really super bad diarrhea, right? Uh, I did not look that up, actually. I wonder. Let's. I think it's just out. shitting your pants until you die. Look up diphtheria. Highly contagious bacterial disease causing inflammation of the mucous membranes. Formation of a false membrane in the throat that hinders breathing and swallowing, potentially blah, blah, blah. Nope, you choke to death. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't sound fun. Does not sound fun. So antibiotics are great. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan. Thank goodness. Thank God for antibiotics. Uh, anyway, so um, Picasso's father, Ruiz, uh, began working at the Barcelona School of Fine Arts which apparently this man works at a bunch of fine art schools. Uh, he persuaded officials there to let his son take an entrance exam for an advanced class, and he was admitted at the age of 13. At the age of 16, he was sent to Spain's foremost art school in Madrid, which is the Royal Academy of San Fernando. He disliked the formal instructions and decided to stop attending his classes soon after he arrived, so he fucking dropped out like a pussy, and then filled his days inside the Prado, which displayed paintings such as... This says paintings such as Francisco Goya. It should be paintings by Francisco Goya. Uh, and El Greco. So this man was just making shit from childhood to death. And apparently when people go back and look at his stuff, there's said to be a shift where the childlike quality of his drawings vanished. Therefore being the official beginning of his career in 1894, when he was 13. So the childlike quality is gone. Is that where the misogyny began? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I'd love to see that in his works somewhere. Oh, you mean all of them? Mm -hmm. His works. <laughs> so basically... He just kind of threw his, his realism aside after he was hanging out with Max Jacob, who is some Parisian poet who taught him French. They hung out in an apartment together and experienced the true meaning of what it meant to be a starving artist. They were cold and in poverty and burned their own work to keep the apartment warm. <laughs> Which sounds really shitty. Wait, okay. What? So he did this as an experiment? Kind of, yeah. He so he's like, like, oh, I'm just going to go be poor for a little while just for shits and giggles. I mean, he was like, he was kind of like, fuck you guys. I'm going to go do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And then it turned out that he didn't have any goddamn money. Well, oh, fun, fun fact. <laughs> well, can't uh, believe that. Yeah. Left home with no money. <laughs> didn't have any money. Yeah. He just thought money was like just a thing that happened, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, don't we all? I, I remember being very idealistic about how the world worked as well at one yeah. point or another. Yeah. So anyway, he pretty much just stayed in France after that, which, like, I wouldn't have done personally, but whatever. Um, he had his blue period from 1901 to 1904. The reason it's called the blue period is because he mostly painted shit in blue. 
how on the nose. Yeah, you know, we don't you don't have to think too hard about some of these <laughs> things with with art people. We're like, oh, yes, it's well, I see a, a recurring theme of blue in these artworks. Blue period. Right. I I love how people break it down. Like, who was like the first person to like start start recording like what Picasso was doing? Being like, he seems to be in his blue period at the moment. <laughs> like, they're just constantly updating where he's at, you know? Yeah. Because he's like a little he's like a lab rat. Yes. So uh, these works apparently depict malnutrition, prostitution, and posthumous portraits of his friend Carlos. Casagamas after his suicide. Oh my god, so he painted him after he was dead? Yeah. What? Oh, so he's painting just regular portraits of him. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying that he was like, uh, wait, hold on, don't clean up the body just yet. <laughs> that was... I needed to I need to get a few good angles uh, I mean, it. I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised. I know, I was like, that <laughs> seems a little dark for what I know about him, but like, okay. <laughs> I guess. Like, I didn't think that was legal, but, like, sure. So, not, o- not only did... Uh, not only did this dude kill himself, but apparently there's a painting called La Vie from 1903, which portrayed, portrayed his friend's inner torment in the face of a lover he tried to murder. From 19 when? 1903. 1903. Yeah. Wait. Picasso wasn't Picasso... What? He wasn't, he wasn't alive in 1903, was he? Yeah. He was born in... Um... 19... Or 1881. Oh! Okay. Yeah. He lived, he lived for a long fucking time. He didn't die till 1973. Holy shit, he was old. Yeah, an old bastard. <laughs> I think, I feel like he just, like, kept on living out of, like, just pure vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> Following his blue period, we come to the rose period from 1904 to 1906. And, uh, apparently he overcame his depression. So he had more cheery colors and playful, circusy kind of worlds. You know when you just snap your fingers and, like, you're not depressed anymore. Yeah, you know, it's like magic. You know when you just start painting in different colors and suddenly you're, you're fine? Yeah. I know we learned a lot about that from Van Gogh. Yes. You know, oh. the fact that he painted sunflowers meant he was totally not crazy anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Despite the fact that he was in a mental hospital while he was painting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, during this time, the homeboy met Fernand Olivier, who was a bohemian artist that became his lover who subsequently appeared in many of these optimistic-style paintings. I forgot he was bisexual. I I wasn't going to talk about it because he's a little freak. It's true. <laughs> like, anything that he could subdue, he would fuck, so... Yeah. Um, so, apparently, American art collectors Leo and Gertrude Stein became great fans of Picasso... And became his chief patrons, as well as uh, Gertrude Stein being featured in one of his most famous portraits. So this is where the man starts getting some goddamn money. Like, for real, Zeth. He was apparently influenced by African culture. um, And made a lot of, like, you know, like, tribal mask-inspired kind of paintings, which goes along with the cubism shit. Um... 
and he was inspired apparently by Paul Cezanne's retrospective held at the Salon d'Automne uh, in 1907. So, once he saw that, he was like, oh my god, I gotta make shit like this. I don't know why I just made that voice, but anyway. <laughs> don't he's ask. Like, he's like a beetle. Yeah. Oh my god, I gotta make shit like this. <laughs> Someone get Paul. <laughs> Where's Ringo? We're gonna record another one. <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah, he was hanging out with Henri Mati. We'll call it the White Album. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We'll call it the Blue Period. Ooh. Yeah. Call this the the uh the African influence. So hanging out with Henri Matisse uh, and their school of Paris friends, they were like, Oh my god, what if we put African sculptures and post impressionist shit together? So that's when he came up with um, Les Demoiselles d'Avignon. Um, this is considered his first masterpiece. It depicts five naked women with figures composed of flat, splintered planes and faces inspired by Iberian sculpture and African masks. And yeah. it's, you know, it's not a beautiful work at all. None of his shit is. <laughs> None of it. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, sharpness and jagged edges and a slice of melon and, like, it doesn't make any sense. I've stared at a Picasso painting before and gone, like, I just don't think it's cute. She just doesn't think it's all that. Like, I was like, every other painting in this entire gallery, yeah. I would choose that mm -hmm. before I would pick this one up. Well, because he doesn't use any perspective. And like that's that's important when you're trying to make something that's like figurative. It it just seems like he just is lazy. It does. Well, that's the thing is because he knows how to paint a fucking figure. That's what I, that pisses me off. And more he's than like, I'm gonna else. break this down and make it look like nothing. Yeah, it's like I don't understand that. It's like, yeah. how do you not get frustrated when you're making a form that? Like, you get further and further away from what looks like to be a normal, like, human form. That was that was what he decided was his intent, though, with Cubism. He was like, we're going to make this as crazy as possible. So his Cubist period was from 1909 to 1919. Um, and... I hate it. <laughs> uh, you know, he uh, hung out with George Rock. They used neutral colors and based them on taking apart objects and analyzing them in terms of their shape. And it's such so. a fucking boys club, too, you know? Oh, like, absolutely. They're all just sucking each other's dicks. Yes. It's like, God almighty. Yes. I don't know one female artist that, like, Picasso collaborated with, or, like, like talked to, you know? Uh, yeah. Well... Besides, like, the wives of his butt buddies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, with the, the thing with, like, the cubism and synthetic cubism is, like, they started putting other shit in there, like newspapers and tobacco wrappers and shit. Yeah, put in it all the, in. It's in a big old it. soup. Yeah, so they're like, oh, this is a collage. And it's like, uh, is it? Or are you just putting some garbage in there? It's like, I'm I'm pretty sure you just forgot to clean your studio after, like, <laughs> right. your fucking orgies. Yeah. And you're like, well, what do we do? There's a bunch of dirt around here. Yeah. Um, but this, this particular article from PabloPicasso.org... Uh, notes that as 
emphasizing a difference in texture and posing a question of what's reality and what is illusion in painting. And it's like, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, he went to Italy in 1917, and apparently this got him started on a tribute to neoclassical styles. So he worked on some paintings that were reminiscent of Raphael and Ingres. And then he was working on putting modernist concepts into surrealist shit like Guernica, which I also hate, um, from 1937. What's in Guernica? Guernica is this fucking painting here with, like, there's, like, a bowl, there's a horse, there's a light, there's people screaming, um, like... Oh, it's the name of one of his paintings. Yeah. Um, it's, like, supposed to be a political statement about the despair of war and, like, ending fascism, blah, blah, blah. I got all that from that. Yeah, and I'm just, like... One glance uh, is all I needed to really pick up <laughs> what he was putting down. Yeah. I got it, Picasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have ended your entire career with that painting. Mm -hmm. It just really says it all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's, uh, you know, his final years, uh, his works were mixed between different styles that he embraced throughout his life. Like, uh, apparently he made his sculptures larger and his paintings more expressive and colorful. He also produced several series of variations of paintings of old masters, including Rembrandt, Diego Velasquez, and Edward Manet. And he apparently also created some works like Massacre in Korea after Goya, Las Meninas after Velasquez, and Luncheon on the Grass after Manet. Many of these pieces are still considered to be influential in the art world today, whether we like it or not. <laughs> It's not, it's not, like, unreasonable <laughs> that he would have actually known some of these people, too. Right. Um, like, Manet was, like, I think, like, early 1900s. I want to say you're right. I'm terrible with numbers, though. Because I was, well, from birth, Morisot. Yeah. She was, like, mid to late That's true, 1800s. Yeah. yeah. So there could have been some crossover there. There could have. If he was popular around 1903, Jesus, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, 1903, he would have been... Like, young. 22. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely possible he kind of knew these people or, like, yeah. was... He was well, directly in the aftermath yeah, of their and impact. that's why he thought he was so great. Uh, so when he died, he was 91 years old and apparently had become one of the most famous and successful artists throughout history. He just outlived the competition. That's what happened. <laughs> well, what people thought he was bitch. revolutionary and he's so unique. I'm sure they fucking did. Yes. I'm uh, sure all of the people that sucked they, his dick they thought they, thought, they, had a great they time. thought he was the most prolific genius in the history of art. Um, yeah, I mean, apparently he created 13,500 paintings, 100,000 prints and engravings, and 34,000 illustrations, which, like, I feel like, are we counting, like, napkin drawings in this? Because... Right, I don't, I don't know what the, <laughs> what the standard is here. I don't know. But anyway, 
Um, yeah, so. Oh, here's, here's a fun poll quote. Picasso's free spirit, his eccentric style, and his complete disregard for what, other thought, what others thought of his work and creative style made him a catalyst for artists to follow. Well, that's the point of art, though. <laughs> like, anyone who's an artist, you inherently know yeah. that if you want to get trained in the classical style, there's a right and wrong way to do stuff. Right. Any break outside of that, there's no right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Art is extremely subject- subjective, yeah. which is, like, why it's hilarious to me that, like, Picasso is somebody who got, like, catapulted ahead of everybody else because he could have just as easily been relegated to the trash oh yeah for like sure. there could have been like nazis could have been like well we hate this mm-hmm. we hate all of this mm-hmm. we're gonna delete you from history yeah right. they could have just nixed him yeah you know yeah and that, that's what actually did happen to a lot of artists like mm-hmm. uh, you know many like works were destroyed from artists that probably could have been more popular like they just don't have any surviving works so there's nothing for people to go off of so they just never were put in the forefront Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's funny that like somebody like picasso was just the most annoying fucking artist i could think of (laughs) is all of a sudden like that's how i feel about a lot of like um you know not to like name names but like fucking chad mice I don't know who that is. Chizzy. Like, everybody's like, ooh, check my shirt. Zero idea. Like, he make the stupid t-shirts that say, like, Tokyo, London, St. Pete. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. Well, he's one of those people that has a platform because he thinks his shit doesn't stink, and so he's convinced everyone else that his shit doesn't stink either. That's like the Supreme guy. Right. Hate it. it it's just so... <laughs> I mean, I guess this is, like, one of those conversations you have around, like, pop culture sometimes. Yeah. Like, I look at some things in pop culture and I'm like, just why? Exactly, like, yeah. think of the concept of Kanye West. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I loved Kanye West when it was, like, 2008, you mm-hmm. know, Kanye West. And he was actually, like, a small-time producer who... Right had worked with some big names, but this was, like, his big break into being, like, a uh, a hip-hop artist or right. a pop artist, yeah. whatever he is. And he was really, really good at it because he is musically mm-hmm. well-versed in how to handle a song. Even yeah. if he's not, like, vocally very strong, it doesn't fucking matter. He knows yeah. how to make a beat. He knows how to make something popular. That's all you need. Yeah. So why was he hiding behind all of these other names and, like, being a producer when he literally just stepped out there and he was like, yo, like, and did his fucking thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of respect that goes with that. Like, you might not love his music, but you can respect the hustle, right? Right, exactly, yeah. And then he goes and he's like, oh, I gotta, like, make t-shirts. I gotta, like, I see all these other rappers getting some coin. It's my turn. What about me? Mm-hmm. And it just comes completely about ego. Yes, absolutely. You know? And, like, people are still out here buying Yeezys because, mm-hmm. oh, gotta have love for Kanye. It's like... Jesus fucking Christ! Support the artist when he's still worth supporting, okay? Yeah, like, no, Yeezys are ugly. Yeah, and also, what? Yeah, why are you spending that much to wear Bionicle shoes? <laughs> they do look like Bionicles. They do. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man, I love the Bionicle movie. 
I, I honestly like such a good concept though. Yeah. If only they didn't look like so fucking weird. I know. God. Speaking of bionicles, actually, um, my mom was having me go through shit in my closet, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of my art from college that was still in there. And one of the projects that I did, excuse me, was like a branding thing for like a children's toy, and I had taken like this bionicle that my brother had built. And, like, I came up with a new name for it. I called it Arachnoids. Um, I actually, I did some cool concepts for that logo. And Arachnoids? Like, yeah. So, like, a spider robot? Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Anyway, I liked uh, some of the concepts that I made for that. Um, and I, I forgot that I did, like, all the planning sketches and stuff that I had done for it. Because, like, when I was looking at them, I'm like wow, who did these? These look really good. And I was like, oh, that was me. That was when I was making stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah, I revisit, like, my old artwork, and I'm like, how did I do that right. again? Yeah, I'm like, so I, I put a bunch of my art, like, up in here mm -hmm. on the walls and stuff. Like, a, this is a collage set that I did in Concepts and Practices. This is a little, um, not a triptych, but like a progression that I did in concepts and practices. Mm -hmm. um, I got that over there, which is like a negative of my cat. Basically. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then uh, I got some like color theory shit that I did over on that wall over there. We have a museum. We have a <laughs> retrospective. <laughs> a veritable <laughs> retrospective. Retrospective of Jocelyn going yeah. on in this room right now. But I was just like, you know, I should put some of this shit up because, like, I, uh, I did that. Like, I made that. That shouldn't just sit in my closet and rot. Exactly. So. No, it's good to be, yeah. like, proud of yourself. Yeah. You know, and it does suck when you've been out of the game for a while. Yeah. Well, because it's like I wasn't proud of myself at the time when I did them. Really. Um, but now I'm like, yeah, I fucking, I made that. Like, well, yeah, you have forced perspective now. Yeah. Like, back when you made those, you were in direct competition with people who mm -hmm. you respected more than you respected yourself. Right, yeah. I think about that all the time. Like, I wasted a lot of my time in art school yeah. hating and holding myself back because I was afraid of failure. Right, same, yeah. Because failure to me was putting my art up on the wall and somebody else's art was better than mine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I was like, well, if I'm not as good, what's the point in doing it? Yeah. Like, and that the point is you're going to get better. And right. like, they might stall out. And that means that you'll surpass them eventually if yeah. you just keep going for it. But I didn't understand that at the time because I was no, too mature. right, me neither. I was also like lost in my own... Like, yeah. self-importance, I think. Yeah. Which happens a lot when you're young. It does. Like, that's why 17 is too fucking young to spend fucking $250,000 on college. Yeah. I could have done so much with that money yeah. had I known. Yeah. Now I'm a fucking vendor business manager for tech data and I do nothing towards art. Yeah. I work in cybersecurity. Like, yeah. If I had gone to school for cybersecurity, I'd be making like triple what I'm making now. <laughs> if you went to school for cybersecurity, you'd be into like craft beer and ceramics now. <laughs> that would be hilarious. 
actually. That's basically... Um, but I would do like a reverse Uno because I would start off in cybersecurity, yeah. earn a bunch of money, right. and then quit my job and like end up in craft beer. That's what I'm saying. Like uh, the calculus teacher, uh, also trig teacher that I had in high school, like it, somehow he ended up teaching math in high school, but like he had he had had a job like in fucking like Silicon Valley and very smart, intelligent guy quits that job, comes to teach in fucking Gulfport of all places. And, uh, like for funsies, he's got like a pottery wheel and he makes craft beer and like, (laughs) like, I don't, I don't get it, man, but like, good for you, Bob. But you have to have the capital to then (laughs) do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a reverse Uno yeah. kind of situation. But he was like, you know, I don't... Like, when I had him, it was his first year teaching. So, of course, when I met him at, like, the parent-teacher night thing, he introduced himself as Bob. And I'm like, Bob, you can't introduce yourself like that. You gotta be like, I am Mr. Last Name. <laughs> no, he's Bob, okay. <laughs> well, so then I just called him Bob mm-hmm. all the time. And everybody thought I was sucking his dick. And I was like, no. <laughs> okay. Like, he literally he just introduced himself to me as Bob. That's his name. Yeah. Because, like, whatever somebody introduces themselves to me as, that's their name. Yeah. Like, if you introduced yourself to me as Nini, your name would be Nini. Can we, can I reintroduce myself as Nini now? No. <laughs> I can call you that Can I be Neo? Want. Neo? The one from no, Matrix. <laughs> that's actually why we named, uh, we, me, uh, <laughs> one of our cats. You. That's why I named one of our cats Neo. Because Keanu Reeves in The Matrix as Neo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I miss that cat. He was a good cat. I've always wanted to have a nickname. I just don't because my name's already short. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't like having a nickname, actually. I like when people say my entire name. No, I and I know that I I remember that from when we were working together. Yeah. Because I think like I tried a few and you were just like, no. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, fuck! This I've is not never, gonna win me any prize." I've points. never, I've never liked that. Uh, I don't. Just, I think it's probably because my mom never wanted me to have a nickname. Okay. So, like, my dad wanted to name me Elizabeth, right? Mm. Everybody calls people named Elizabeth like Lizzie, Liz, mm-hmm. Beth. Like, you never call somebody named Elizabeth Elizabeth, other than my old professor. But Jocelyn is like just you're just Jocelyn. Yeah, you're just Jocelyn. Could you could be Lynn, you could be Jose. But I mm, wouldn't answer to those. Josie. Yeah. Uh there was a kid in high school that called me Josie. Was it annoying? Um, yes, but mm-hmm. I You were the only one who got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was the only one. Like anybody else that tried to call me that, I was like, shut the fuck up. I hadn't actually called me Nini one time. And I was like, eh, from you, I can, I can deal with it. Yeah, so I just called you that, so now I'm your ex. What? I just called you Nini. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> You're my ex. <laughs> I didn't put, you know why I didn't put two and two together? Because there's totally... <laughs> totally disparate thoughts. Totally separate things <laughs> in my mind. That's how far away they are. Uh, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Just kidding. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think... Um, I can't remember where we're going with any of this. Actually. I don't know. <laughs> I just, uh, just stream of consciousness. It just keeps going, doesn't it? It does. It never stops. This, this up here, this brain that I'm pointing to with my finger, mm-hmm. behind this 
large oily forehead yep never shuts the fuck up you were t- we were talking about that uh a while ago yeah monologues and yeah all. yeah yeah i i still i it's just weird like i was thinking about this because i've been alone a lot recently mm-hmm. and i don't think i think out loud i talk to myself like all the time mm-hmm and I just don't get, like, having intrusive thoughts in your brain. Oh, God, I wish I didn't have intrusive thoughts in my brain. Because sometimes I just have to kick myself to even think. Like, I'll, like, go to my bathroom. I've, I've been out of toothpaste for, like, two days. Like, and today yeah. was, or, well, last night, was, like, the absolute fucking limit I have ever been to with a tube of toothpaste. Yeah. Like, I had to cut the tube of toothpaste. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been to the store twice and not gotten toothpaste because I don't <laughs> think about it. I seriously just don't remember. So, like... <laughs> did you get toothpaste yet? I finally went to the... Fu- okay. You know what I did? Well, I actually went to the store right before we were about to record. Oh, okay. So I, like, drove down to the Winn-Dixie down to Gulfport, and I yeah. thought I was so smart. I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the Gulfport Winn-Dixie, grab my gross, and then go to, like, <laughs> go to Jay Nasty's house. Jay Nasty! <laughs> okay, I can get down with that. <laughs> <laughs> then we're gonna have ourselves a good sesh, and I'll go home and have me some yo play. Yes. Guess what? I bought a lot of fucking dairy and meat, and I didn't think about it at all before it's, it's chilling in your car it's in my car at this very moment it is like we 70 degrees out room in the fridge for it I didn't i swear to god think about it until this very moment right now <laughs> oh, shit we've, we've been recording for a while here i know this is but this is the thing if i could talk to myself I think I would tell myself what's going on and, like, be a little bit more astute. I have zero of that. I don't have any of it. (laughs) Like, I also, so I had to cook um, sausage and pepper because my sausages were about to, like, you know, Uh they're on the cusp. Yeah. So, like, you know, I had to to do it. Had to do it. Had to do it. Yeah. Cusp. And I was gearing and psyching myself up for it and i was like all right guys mm-hmm, like we're gonna get mm-hmm, done with the, mm-hmm. with work and then we're gonna fucking we're gonna cook yeah, it yeah. it's gonna be delicious yeah and uh i go to my sink all of my dishes are dirty oh no so then of course i'm hungry at that point yes and sauce and pepper is not a really lengthy dish no so but... i was thinking it was gonna be like you know half an hour 45 minute kind of deal and then i have my sauce and pepper wash the anime good good mm-hmm, to go mm-hmm wash all of my dishes which takes like 40 minutes and then it while i was washing my dishes my dishes i was absent-mindedly snacking on stuff yeah so i got done with my dishes and i put all of my dishes away and i felt super proud and i go back to my bed and i start watching anime going like i know there was something i was supposed to be doing and i can't remember what it was <laughs> i checked my fridge this morning and i was like fuck i gotta make food <laughs> this is how bad my brain works i mean i kind of do that too but not to that extent it's just it's just like a thing where like my laundry like i did laundry um over the weekend yeah i was so proud of myself for doing laundry good for you proud of you and then like i left my laundry there but like when i do laundry you know put away all my pants put away all my Mm -hmm. stuff like i keep it real real organized and that's like what kind of makes it a little fun for me yeah but my big comforters and stuff are really bulky, and I have to go under my bed and drag everything out to mm-hmm. put them away. So I leave them until I have the space to 
put them away. Right. Uh, I still haven't put them away. Yeah. And I was walking by it today. And it's not like I just leave it sitting there. I just, it becomes furniture. Yeah. Like, I don't remember it's there. Yeah. <laughs> until I'm like, wait a hot second. <laughs> like, <laughs> this could look better. Something's off. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to be doing something. Yeah. What the fuck, Jocelyn? I don't... Uh, brains are strange. I don't have an answer for that. I'm not actually a psychologist. But I tell you what, people seem to think I am, because they come into my store mm. at 5.30 and tell me about their life and don't leave until 6.20. Like, we work so on that. today? Yes. <laughs> this woman, she's just telling me all this stuff, like... Her grandkids and this and that and this nephews in the foster system and oh my god the whole boy like this one just got caught smoking weed smoking some weed and they're just gonna go to see the social worker and this one's gotta go to therapist and I'm just like okay like not to, to distract from your problems but uh I gotta go. <laughs> Because yeah. my boss doesn't let me have overtime. <laughs> Should have gave her some of your problems. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I was just like, yep, we're going to take care of this. We're going to make it whatever you want. We're going to do it. I'm like, let's let's go. Let's get it done. We're going to. Yep. And you know what? We as in me did. <laughs> the royal we. You're, you're the one. The yeah, only one. The only one. Well, uh, anyways, this has been a productive this is, yeah. session, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think this went well. Um, last and final notes, I guess, for the episode. Yeah. Um, I forgot. <laughs> uh, don't have anything. Don't well, have. Uh, normalize being friends with ex-people who are uh, not assholes to you. Oh, yeah. If you have an ex that's not an asshole, you can totally be friends with them. But if your ex is an abusive asshole, don't be friends with them. Yes. 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 No, fully cut out people who are bad for your life. Yeah. Um, but normalize the fact that uh, you you grow and you develop and you get older and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And you can share that with people who you used to share that yeah. with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. Or uh, alternatively, live your best whole life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just <laughs> make sure you use a condom if you're having penetrative sex. Oh my god, I can't stress that enough. Yep. Like, uh, use yeah. a freaking condom. Yep. And if somebody doesn't want to use a condom with you, you know what you tell them? You tell them, go fuck yourself. Because mm -hmm. you're not fucking me. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> mm hmm And also, uh, do not let people tell you that there is... A higher reason why they can't be safe with you. Oh whether my God, it be yeah. they can't get it up, whether yeah. it be they were traumatized by a past experience with condoms and now they don't want to use them anymore. Yeah, that's like, bullshit. It, it, any sort of thing that is uh, against your safety for their benefit right. is a bad fucking plan. Yes. Like being pregnant, uh, getting pregnant is not yeah it, it's never an accident you know um like you can use a condom you can also be on birth control have backup methods like yeah it's nothing to fuck around with is what i'm saying yeah bodies work in mysterious ways some They're, of them are more compatible than others oh yeah for sure 
Yeah. Highly agree. So, yeah. Um, use condoms. Yeah. Be safe. Be be smart. Uh, if you're meeting up with a stranger from the internet and you're a woman, make sure you get there before the appointed time. Uh, if you have to park somewhere like around the corner or something so they don't know where you're getting in, do that. Make sure they leave before you do so they're not following you because people are strange. <laughs> just, you know, just be wary. Assume that people are going to kidnap you. No, just kidding. Don't do that. Um, just be smart. Yeah. Just be smart. Yeah. Yeah, definitely meet in a public place. Yes, always a public place. Don't just don't just go straight back to their house or do apartment or whatever. Know. Don't do that. No. Meet Vet them, them out. Meet them in public first. If they don't want to meet you in public first, they're probably a jackass. Or a psychopath. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, don't don't feel held back from like meeting people for yeah. sure. Yeah, feel totally. empowered to meet yeah. the people you want to meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be extremely cautious about it. Yes. Especially because I'm sure if you're like me, you don't have a vaccine yet. They probably don't either. Yeah, we're in a panini, people. <laughs> we're in a pandemonium. Pandemonium. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your day, night, week, whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.